Welcome to Women Winning It Writing Podcast Show. I am your host, Chelsea McCoy, and this is the show where we talk about all things writing and all things editing from a woman's perspective. This show is brought to you by Your Writing Table, where we help you tell your story, your way, and your words. This show has been developed to discuss the behind the scenes of the book writing journey and the writer's experience. We talk about a range of things from what inspired you to write your book, what your writing process was like, maybe you experienced writing block and of course we bring in some editing experiences tips tools and so much more our goal is to provide inspiration motivation encouragement and to break down the myth that writing a book is impossible if this is your first time joining us again my name is chelsea and i am a published author editor and the owner of your writing table which provides full service book writing consulting editing and publishing services i've been writing and editing for over 20 years and yes i guarantee you i eat sleep and breathe writing and editing it is truly my passion and my purpose For all our returning listeners, thank you so much for being a part of our podcast family. We appreciate you and we thank you for all the support, the questions you send in for topic suggestions, and for all the positive feedback. Last but not least, thank you to all our partners who support us financially and help us to continue creating quality content while providing a platform for women writers to share their writing journey, promote their books, brands, and their businesses. If you would like to become a partner, please click on the link at the end of the episode notes for more information and one last housekeeping note don't forget to follow us please please follow us on spotify iHeartRadio, and whichever podcast platform that you listen to your podcast on all you have to do is click the follow or the subscribe notify so you don't miss out on any of the episodes as they drop thank you so much we appreciate it And now let's get into today's episode. Hello, listeners. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining us for another amazing episode of Women Winning at Writing. And y'all, how is January going for y'all so far? I mean, we're approaching the end of the month already Uh, by the time you know if y'all listen to the replay it might be February it might be March it could be the following year but for now how's January going for y'all um you know a lot of people have resolutions and they're trying to get their to-do list and their task list together their goals for the year and you know a lot of times when we're getting this stuff together we get bogged down and if y'all are like me by the time May comes around you forgot half of them goals right (laughs) don't feel bad you're not alone I forget them too but you know we're gonna get it together right at least that's what we tell ourselves so we're gonna get it together 2024 is the year that we're gonna set the goals and we are going to crush them for those of you that are listening in and you're thinking about writing a book um, you know you've been talking about it talking about it thinking about it This is the year that I say you're going to definitely write it. I believe that you are going to write the book. And so we just wish you the best of luck. And I believe that you're going to do it. As a matter of fact, for those of you that are listening to this, if you start writing your book as a result of listening to this particular episode, hit me up and let me know, please, please, please. You guys can follow me on Facebook, on Instagram, on uh, your writing table or Women Winning It Writing Podcast. And please let me know. I want to be there to cheer you on. Okay. So today's guest, y'all, today's guest, she's going to also talk to us a little bit about writing because she also is a fellow author and she is a 
uh, publisher as well. So she can definitely back me up and, and tell y'all what I'm saying is true. We got to write those goals and we got to keep them. So um, she's going to share with us a book that she has written that is very near and dear to her heart. And so I'm so excited to have her as our guest today and for her to talk about it. So without further ado, y'all, please help me give a warm women winning it writing welcome to Miss Penda James. Hello, Penda. Hello, Miss Josia. How are you? I am awesome. How you doing? I am good. I am good. It is raining over here in my neck of the woods, but we in the house, so we good and dry. <laughs> Well, that's all good. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, we are just going to dive right in. Please tell us about yourself and your book. Okay. Well, my name is Penda L. James. I always use my middle initial. My middle initial is represents that my name means love, but my middle name is Lynn. And sometimes people think I'm a man. <laughs> they think my first name is James. My last name is Penda. So I am Penda L. James. I'm originally from Dayton, Ohio, which is the land of funk, the gym city. So if you've ever heard of Roger Trotman, Paul Lawrence Dunbar, Irma Bombeck, they were all from my hometown. I currently live in Cary, North Carolina with my husband and my daughter. And about this book, we're talking about Remember Your Strengths, which is a restorative memoir. And I started writing it over two years ago. It is probably the most heartfelt thing I have done in all of my life. But I'm excited to share more about it with you all today. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for telling us a little bit about yourself. And yeah, so please tell us first. Okay, so we're familiar with what memoirs are. But for those who may not know, what exactly is a restorative memoir? Oh, that is a great question. So I gave this the subtitle, A Restorative Memoir, because writing it restored me back to my faith. Amen. Okay. It's a memoir of March 13th. 2020 to March 13th, 2022. So we all know COVID started on March 13th, 2020. Mm-hmm. March 13th, 2022, my father died. In the midst of that, my birthday is March 12th. So I needed to heal from the grief that I was experiencing, but also I was carrying a lot of heavy church hurt, a lot of rejection, And I needed to find my way back to God. And the way that I did that was by writing about what my parents said I was, which led me to remembering who God said I am. I love that. I love that. And so I guess, could, would you say that COVID was the inspiration to write the book since the timeline is March, you know, starting in March of 2020? No, I don't think, I think that COVID was the cocoon. Okay. I think what the the inspiration for me was looking back on the two years, I realized that I was in a shell and that God was breaking me out of it. So the inspiration wasn't COVID. It was that I needed to not be crying up and balled up in a corner because my daddy and my mom are gone. 
Yes, yes. And I, I do understand that. I love that. So how did you come up with the title, Remember Your Strength? That's a great question. My grandmother, I was very close to her, my father's mother. They said I was her twin. And I spent a lot of time with her growing up before I got married. Like, we, we just were like two peas in a pod. And one day before I got married, I was living with her. And I just remember us talking about her childhood and how she only had one pair of shoes a year. Mm. And the way that she would talk, she, she talked, she was from Barnesville, Georgia. So she would say, we went bare feet most of the year. Mm, mm-hmm. We had one pair of shoes and that was in the summer or in the winter. And they would pick what she called the scrappy. So they would go out and pick cotton and they would pick what was left over. So sitting with her, um, somehow in the conversation, she said, Pian, remember your strength. And I had her write it down on a piece of white paper. And I held on to that paper. My grandma's been gone since 2017. I've held on to that paper for all those years. And after my dad died, I, like we moved from one state to another. And as I was packing up things, I found grandma's writing and it became a declaration for me to hold on to. And there was no other thing to do but name it, Remember Your Strength. It's not just the title of the book. It is a mandate. It is a declaration. It is a banner over my life, just like God's love. Oh, that is so powerful. Um, And you know, you you just mentioned your grandma writing that on the on the piece of paper and I can remember my dad has passed away as well he passed away in 2012 and um he had a stroke so of course you know his writing skills you know of course he couldn't hardly write but he wanted to write so bad one day (laughs) that we had there was we were in the hospital so I didn't have any paper with me but we had like a piece of paper towel but do you know I still have that piece of paper towel with his doodles with his doodles on it you know and um, I have it. I, now, now you're going to make me go look for it <laughs> because I know and I still have it because that's something very near and dear to my heart. I think that was one of the last things that he the last times he ever picked up a pen was in the, you know, because after that, his health just kind of declined, you know, and um, after that, you know, he, he passed, of course. So it, it is the moments like that that stick with us that uh build us up that keep us inspired that keep us um, empowered you know and i thank you so much for sharing that um you know in the beginning of the book you talk about the tug of war for your existence just like you just mentioned it's a um remember your strength is a declaration and a banner over your life and you have a birth song in the book and you also talk about how that reminded you of the intentionality behind your life so can you share what exactly is a birth song or what gave you the you know to name it a birth song that is that is an excellent question so as a writer I go to writers workshops and writers groups and while I was living in Colorado, it was my 30th year of life so I was already going through all these life changes. I was living at a residential high school working as a teacher and everything was about personal development. So I used some of the personal development training money and went to this writing workshop and the facilitator had us to do an activity where we needed to write our birth song. 
And in that song, our assignment was to think about announcing our birth to the world as if we were a baby. Mm. So writing our birth announcement. And I sat down. I, I heard songs in my head. I saw colors. Another activity that we had to do in that same day where she gave us, we had to pick something glass off of a table. And in picking the glass, she then wanted us to go outside and drop that glass. So I think I had like a coffee cup or a plate or something like that. There were all kinds of things and people picked bowls, they picked all kinds of things. And so I was already emotional from having broken something and then having to apologize to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then the next activity was to write our birth song. That sun, that was on a Sunday. I usually talked to my family because I was two hours behind living mm-hmm. in Colorado. They lived in Ohio. So I would talk to them only on Sundays because I was off on Sundays. And I called my mom. I read to her some of the poetry. And she asked me, how did I know? How did you know that stuff? Mm. It was things that I guess I picked up my pen and I just let my heart write what had been said about me. Um, and wow. there, I also talk about how my mom literally had to fight for my life. She was in a fight, like a literal fight with her cousin. And she took off some boots, some wedge boots that she was wearing that my daddy gave her. And she fought with the boot while she was holding on to me in the rocking chair. I didn't know that story until after, after that. So I think the, the things that have been spoken over me and things that I had heard or maybe not really realized mm-hmm. or it was in my DNA or whatever, they all came out when I wrote that birth song. I love that. And I, you know, that's so special. And I had never heard of that, a birth song. Um, and I think that that is so unique and it's definitely a way to keep your authenticity, you know, yeah. um, and so I, I absolutely love that. Did you do that with your daughter or talk about that with her? Yet. I haven't done it yet because she's, she's just getting ready to turn 17. Okay. So all of these changes that she's experiencing in her life, mm-hmm. she's not a writer like I am. Okay. But we could have conversations about it in the car. Like we talked on the way to school, on the way home from school uh-huh. and their conversations that we have. Uh-huh. But it is something that I would love to do with her sometimes I will ask her what song are you listening to right now yeah and she'll she'll play something for me and I'll listen to the words of it so I can just kind of hear where her heart is okay okay I love that well when you do that you make sure you let me know how she (laughs) how how she uh received that so now let's talk about your book cover for a minute because you know as writers book covers are just as important as the content, you know, as what's inside. Yeah. So your book cover has a dandelion, which of course we know means so many things. Um, some people will look at it as just a weed in the garden, like Ugh, it's just a dandelion, you know, but the dandelion is also symbolic because it represents strength and resilience. So Absolutely. what are what are your thoughts on the dandelion and how it works with your cover and your book? I chose the dandelion intentionally because it represents strength and resilience. It is a message that my father gave to me on a bad day when I was a caseworker 
going door to door telling people they got involved with child welfare and they would slam their doors and their my faces cuss at me hang up on me and it was a very heavy job and I remember sitting in the parking lot crying I called home to talk to my mother and she wasn't home Mm. But my father heard in my voice that mm-hmm. something was wrong. Mm-hmm. When I told him, he said, Pian, don't be a tulip. And I'm like, Daddy, what you talking about? And he's like, tulips are beautiful for two weeks and then they die. They Ooh. come back next year. But dandelions are hard to kill. So what I want you to do is dig your roots in deep. Pop your babies up all over the yard. And when the people know that you are trustworthy and when their children learn to love you the parents will fall in love with you too and I took the lesson of the dandelion after that I started to see dandelion growing in the craziest of places cracks in concrete walls sidewalks mm-hmm. you know grass you try to pull it up and you you have to literally sometimes dig down five six feet to get to the root to uproot the thing so I chose the dandelion and I carry that as as a, a symbol of my strength and when I'm working with my clients I tell them you are unpluckable nothing can pluck you from God's hand that's in the Bible John 10 28 so we're unpluckable mm-hmm. and I just apply that to the dandelion that's it and that's the truth and I love that um you know I and I think that's so precious what your dad told you don't be a tulip because a lot of times when we think about flowers we don't think about the, the properties, you know, of the flowers, like roses, tulips, lilies, um, you yeah. know, the really pretty ones. And, and your dad was right. What happens? Two weeks, uh, you know, they die. They die. And the only thing that they're good for at that point is, I know some people save or preserve flowers. So they, you know, they hang them upside down. They dry them and all that other stuff. But at the end of the day, the flower is the, the, the life of the flower is gone. gone. So like, I, I love that example as a dandelion there's strength and there's and there is resilience when when the when the roses and the lilies die and their lifespan is gone that dandelion still holding on yeah and i started to do research after my dad and i had that conversation dandelions are medicinal you can drink dandelion root tea to that's bring true blood pressure down. Yes. you can eat dandelion root leaves like you can you can do put them in your salad people mm-hmm. put them in your greens so there's all kinds of things that dandelions are good for but we think of them as a weed because we want our grass to look pristine I love walking by yards that have dandelions sticking up mm-hmm. because the color is yellow is vibrant it says I am here that's the truth yeah you're right and and when you think about in the yard among the grass and the weeds that are sticking up those dandelions are like poking their little heads out yes you know and it's like you kind of sometimes you want to just go ahead and remove the blades of the green grass so you can see the dandelion and then if you notice what do the little kids do when they're going like you said you when you're walking by someone's yard and you see some dandelions the first thing the kids do is go to grab that dandelion yep they pop their hands off of it but <laughs> yeah but, but they're going to grab it see the dandelion bouquet from a child i have and it's the most precious thing 
it is it, it, it definitely is and I, I absolutely love that and and I wanted to mention that and I'm so glad we had a chance to talk about it because writers you know listeners want to let you know that this is why a book cover is also important because the book cover sends the message and it lets the reader know kind of what they're going to be reading about what the message is you know and so um looking at remember your strength you see this dandelion a single dandelion not a bouquet but a single dandelion on the cover that let me know immediately okay so we're gonna be doing something with motivation or empowerment you know something with strength and so, you know, um, thank you so much for sharing that about your cover. So in your opinion, what is the best part about being a writer? I'm going to tell you another lesson that my father gave me. He was an English major. And he used to say to me all the time that when you write down your thoughts, the person who is reading it has your full attention. Hmm. To me, that is the best part of being a writer. If we're having a conversation, I'm thinking about what I want to say to you. I'm thinking about what you are saying. I'm trying to listen and I might be missing stuff. But when you read, I have your full attention. And that's so true. And I didn't even look at it that way. But that is so, so true. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And because at that point, no one else is talking to interrupt you from reading the words that are written down. Nope. I I love that. And one last question. When you're in your writing zone, what does your writing space have to look like or consist of? I need to have a cup of tea, a blanket, a comfortable pillow or a comfortable chair. Usually I sit with one leg under me. I need to have my laptop. Often there is music or a podcast or a sermon playing in the background. And on my podcast, I spoke to somebody and he said that he never listens to music with words when he's creating. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I've tried to implement because he said, if you listen to something that you don't know or that has words, you'll get caught up in someone else's creation. Uh, so typically I have something in the background playing and the window might be open, a candle might be burning. It just depends. Mm-hmm. But I always set my intention with prayer. I sit quietly for a few minutes wherever I am. If I'm at a coffee shop or at the library, sometimes I have to have my headphones on, even if nobody's in the house and I'm by myself, because I feel like I'm really in the zone if I have my headphones on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what my writing space looks like. In my office, I have colors. So there's a lot of orange and blue. Maya Angelou, she was my muse. I never got to meet her, but um, I have her in my in my space because her book inspired me to write my own story. I know why the cage bird sings. Yeah. And I have pictures of people who are meaningful to me. My why is around me. Mm, okay, that's good. That's good. And I can definitely agree with the music. If I put on music while I'm writing, if it has to be like I have a playlist of classical music, like uh-huh. with just piano or I have instrumentals or I have um, lo-fi music. Yes, yes. But if I try to play R&B... <laughs> 
or even even gospel music or my praise and worship it can't have words because not only will I get caught up per se in someone else's creation but I'll start dancing or I'll start praising and worshiping I'd have forgot all about writing so it depends on what kind of project I'm working on or remember your strength I create projects for every I create playlists for every project. Mm-hmm. So when I'm working on my film scripts, I need to hear the sounds of the times or the era or whatever. Yeah. But while I was working on Remember Your String, I had a lot of music that was meaningful to, to my parents, mm-hmm. to my father. Um, and yes, there were times where I would get caught up in the words and I would cry, I would worship, I would dance. But then coming back to my space of writing, it brought back all of the feelings that I had in those moments. Mm-hmm. A, there was a time where I was writing and my father had this favorite song. It's called Real Love by Lakeside. And it's a love song. And one day when I was writing, I listened, the song came on and it, sometimes it plays randomly. Sometimes I know the order of what the songs are. But when the song came on and I heard the words, I literally was arrested in my spirit. And I listened to, he talked about real love. Like the, the way to, I could just imagine my daddy sitting on the porch singing that song to my mom. Yeah, yeah. And I think it just depends on how that space is of, of where I'm trying to go. But I needed to be in those feelings because I think it helped me with my grief. That's a good way to look at it. Definitely. So listeners, I hope y'all took note of that. So um, sometimes music can literally be your muse. It can be the thing that inspires you. It can be the thing that helps you to focus on maybe something that you're writing on in that moment. So um, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Well, one last question before we wrap up, how can listeners get a copy of the book? When will it be ready to go? My birthday is March 12th, and so I'm working on my pre-launch sales for um, Remember Your Strength, but you can always go to my website, Penda, P-N-A, middle initial L, last name James, PendaLJames.com, and all of the information will be there. You can We're going to have a pre-order sales, and you can also purchase from, from the website and other platforms. You can also follow me on Instagram at Penscribe, P-E-N-S-C-R-I-B-D for updates and sneak peeks if you want to. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we will be sure to include all of that in the notes, the episode notes. So that way listeners will be able to click and access. And so thank you so much for being our special guest, Penda. It has been an absolute pleasure. And so we're going to have to have you back on once the book is out so we could talk some more about the book. I love that. Thank you for having me. Or we'll just move you over to my platform and talk about you, how you do your writing on the ink spill. Yes, ma'am. I sure will. So listeners, look, y'all stay tuned. I'm going to be in the hot seat next time. It's going to be my turn in the hot seat. That's okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. You ready. You ready. You got it. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Penda. We appreciate you being our guest. Thank you so much. And listeners, as always, keep winning at writing. Until next time, everyone be blessed. Bye for now.